Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. My name is Sing Sing. I personally am into things that are very painful and very stressful on the body. Today on My First Time, can an ancient traditional torture technique meet all our modern day sexual desires? Hi, my name is Gestalter, and this is the story of the first time that I did shibari. At its core, shibari is pretty simple. It's a Japanese word that literally means to tie decoratively. The origins of shibari, as a sexual act anyway, are contested. No one really knows how it came to be, but right now there are thousands of people around the world tying people up for pleasure. Our guest Gestalter is one of those people. This is her story. Shibari is rope bondage, which uh, originates in Japan. Um, no one is clear on exactly how it, it came to be. Um, we know that there are many records of rope being used in Japan historically. So, um, you know, in a sort of um, maybe the police would use it. It would be some sort of like military thing, a way of restraining prisoners or a torture method. Sometime around the first half of the the 20th century, it sort of became seen in like uh, theatre and also in like erotic photography and erotic um, journals and and magazines that were being circulated. And then at some point, it, it made its way to the West. It differs mostly from what people would think of as bondage in the West, and that I think that we think of bondage as being a person that's just kind of tied up and restrained. So like maybe you tie them to a bed or something like this, and then you do something else to them. Whereas I think with shibari, it's really the rope itself that is the point. So you concentrate on like maybe tying the body into a position that causes a particular sensation or the way that the rope causes pressure on the body causes a particular sensation. So it's, you know, rather than being a means to an end, it's a journey in itself. But I think when people see it in photos, I mean, often there doesn't seem to be a strong facial expression or a strong reaction. And so people, I think, often do think that it really is just uh, just like a visual thing or circus art or something like this. I think when you really see it 
close up and in front of you, I think it becomes very obvious that it's something else. Getting into Shibari was a bit of an accident for our guest Gestalta. She left home at 18 after a religious upbringing and everything changed when she got the internet for the first time. Within about a month, I had started finding people who were either involved in, I guess, the BDSM community. I was also starting to make uh, nude photo shoots. So it was a really kind of quick transition there. And I guess Shibari, I really don't know what first drew me to it exactly, but I know that I must have somehow been interested in um, BDSM. But I remember just thinking that it was very ugly from an aesthetic point of view. I mean, the aesthetic of like leather and chains and all of these things just I found really off-putting. And then I I guess I remember seeing a photo of some rope, someone tied up with this very sort of intricate pattern at some point. And I just remember thinking that it looked very organic uh, on the skin and very beautiful. So I think that was probably the first thing. I think I knew I was interested in, I wouldn't have called it BDSM at the time, but I think I had some fascination with this, like something that was a little bit darker and a little bit, I guess maybe just sort of rebellious and like out of the box that I'd been living in. And so, so no, it was more classic BDSM that I think I was that I really found quite ugly and rope was kind of you know shibari was sort of the the flip side to that I was 18 at the time and I had just started to do modeling for a living so originally it was quite I guess what I would now call vanilla but that that had just started to become something that I was starting to make money with but actually I discovered the BDSM and the rope side of this really before it became my full-time job. So that was part of what I was doing, like, right from the beginning. Shibari is incredibly artistic. The images of Gestalta online are beautiful. I started practicing it. The first time was a photo shoot that I was just involved as the person who is tied. And after that, I I kind of got a bit hooked on it. So I started finding uh, other people who would tie me. Originally, it was just for photo shoots. Then through that, people started inviting me to be tied in performances as well. And I suppose um, eventually when it started to take off a little bit more, more people were asking for lessons like either in the form of workshops or the form of like private lessons. So I ended up modeling, as in modeling is a term that we often just use for being tied. Um, I ended up modeling for a lot of those as well. And after a few years of this, I, I kind of just realized one day that I'd picked up how to do it, I guess, from so much exposure to, you know, knowing what it felt like from the inside and to watching people um, and to hearing teachers talk about it in the classes and stuff. And I, I think just one day I sort of thought that I'd try to tie myself up and suspend myself. And amazingly, I didn't kill myself and it worked. So, um, And uh, maybe a year or so after that, I started tying other people after I'd been practicing on myself for quite a while. Um, the first time I came to perform myself, actually, it was just because uh, a friend of mine was organizing a night for female-only performers and somehow persuaded me that it would be a good idea to get on stage to do that, which I really wasn't ready for at all. thought I'd give it a go anyway, and it was a lot of fun. Shibari is a goal in itself, as opposed to a means to an end. Our guest Gustata finds pleasure in many aspects of Shibari, 
and there are plenty of types. Single wrist binding, handcuff binding, cross-legged binding. I personally am into things that are very painful and very stressful on the body. I really enjoy when, say, my body is like very contorted into a very uncomfortable position or the rope is sort of very maybe restricting a little bit uh, the breathing or cutting into the skin in an uncomfortable way. That's really a big element of it for me. But I mean, it doesn't have to be. There are definitely styles of rope which are a lot more comfortable that people describe as really being a lot more meditative maybe or a bit more sort of flowy perhaps. And I think then there are sort of, you know, other styles again, which maybe concentrate less on putting the body through lots of stress and more on making the person very relaxed and then causing maybe some sort of sensation with the rope on the skin. So for example, like a pressure or a burning sensation or like stimulating particular areas of the skin and particular, maybe very sensitive areas without really causing a sort of all over body pain. Gestalter performs shibari in front of audiences on stage. That's one of the unique things about shibari. It is just as much about the performance as anything else. And that can add further to the pleasure. There is something about being on stage that adds an extra element. I mean, maybe it's just because there's an exhibitionist streak in me or something. I'm I'm never really sure. Or maybe it's because you're kind of sharing an emotion with an audience. But I think that maybe the absolute high points have been when I've really had the opportunity to be in sort of a very close proximity with an audience and really be able to sort of feel the energy exchange between the people actually performing and the people in the audience, um, which I think creates this really, uh, it's almost inexplicable, but it really does create a sort of powerful energy and a sort of powerful headspace. And it's, it's a huge, big I guess, adrenaline rush in a way as well. Um, And there have been like one or two performances where I think, you know, everything has, you know, really aligned and been like very fully able to get into that headspace. And I think they've been like very, very powerful. Shibari is a pleasurable sexual act. And for our guest Gestalter, it's provided so many wonderful moments. Still, it also has its challenges. The power dynamic plays an incredibly important part. One thing that's quite interesting is that I think um, when you're the person who is being tied, you have a huge amount of control over the situation, which I mean, I know from the outside, it sort of seems like it's the other way around. But I mean, when I'm being tied, I know everything that's going on in my body. Um, I'm completely aware of everything. I'm aware of, you know, for example, if I think that something's too difficult like I know so I know that I can call that I know that I can um, get out of that situation by asking somebody to take me out so I think in that way you have a huge amount of control because you're so much more aware of everything that's going on in the situation whereas I think when you're the person that's tying there's this element of feeling a little bit powerless because really you're just guessing at what might be going on inside the other person's body and of course you know you you do get quite good at reading people's reactions and like sort of listening to them and sort of empathizing with what they might be feeling but it's always going to be guesswork Um, and so I think that the biggest transition was that really scary part of really trying to guess what's going on inside the other person's head and trying to tune myself into that. 
maybe when you you feel that the person that's tying you somehow is not really fully in control of their own emotional state, if, if that makes sense. I mean, there have been a couple of occasions where, you know, I've been able to sense that the person tying me was in some way like frustrated or angry or maybe even occasionally panicking a little bit. And, you know, I think that when you're tied up, that's probably the one time that you do start to feel like aware of the fact that actually you are in a situation where you you kind of are out of control. But when you sense a very kind of like negative or angry energy from the person tying you. But I think that, that one of the interesting things that you really do learn when you're tying a lot is this kind of ability to sort of really keep a lid on... I don't want to say you keep a lid on your emotions because you don't, I mean, you, you, you obviously express a lot of emotions, but to just sort of keep negative emotions such as anger or fear or panic really sort of on the down low so that you don't transfer these emotions onto the person that you're tying. The most negative experiences would be when someone has got angry while I was tied. How many sex acts have their roots in the ancient world? Well, maybe more than you think. There are ongoing tensions for our guest Costalta between traditional shibari and modern shibari. It has its roots in something that is historic and and traditional to Japan, but it's not really the thousands and thousands of years history, you know, that some arts have. I mean, it really started in its present form in the early 1900s and it really started as something that was pornographic theater that really was the first thing that was recognizable as modern shibari. So I think that you don't have to be too careful about sort of paying homage to some kind of like ancient traditional thing because it's in itself, even in Japan, was only inspired by old-fashioned sort of martial arts, for example. But it's always been this modern performance art. So I think when people nowadays talk about the difference between traditional shibari and modern shibari they're talking about two different aesthetics one of which they see as being traditional but is in fact not very old and another one that they see as being modern but is in fact roughly the same age maybe one thing that that I struggle with a bit is that you know I'm very drawn to shibari in terms of the the conversation that you get to have between the person tying and the person being tied and this kind of intensity between them, which I guess in a way is a slightly more traditional way of looking at it. And, you know, at at the same time, some of the, the modern visuals that I see, which are really all about sort of technical displays of you know, what you can do with the human body or like, you know, often they'll use like sort of costumes or lighting or, you know, something to make it very spectacular. I mean, I'm obviously very drawn to this visual as well. And somehow I really feel like it's kind of hard to reconcile the two. This is the final episode of season three of My First Time. And Shibari, like so many of the other first times we've discussed the season, is basically misunderstood by many people certainly in the UK and the US. The most common preconception really is just that that it is bondage in the way that handcuffs are bondage and that it's all about restraint, basically. I don't really get annoyed by the fact that people might think that because I can absolutely see why they would think that. I've never once seen it as being restrained. 
um I, i've never once felt like this feeling of oh no i can't move and oh i'm powerless or you know i i've never once felt that i'm in any way losing control when i'm tied up um and i suppose that that yeah maybe maybe if i had to say that one preconception was quite annoying it's this assumption that because i get tied up that i must somehow be submissive or like to be like to be controlled or you know like to feel powerless i think that really couldn't be further from the truth the world of shibari is visually striking it's about sensation and power play but for people involved with it it also raises potential issues with safety which is not surprising if you're getting hoisted several feet off the ground for our guest gestalter she's become well versed in ensuring everyone is happy and safe models and riggers are both sort of fairly well acquainted with most of this kind of common safety protocol that most people who do shibari seem to be aware of you know um a lot of it just comes down to um you know particular ways of uh checking that your that your body is okay so for example um one of the relatively common injuries uh that people sustain is just to have like a little bit of compression to some of the nerves which can either cause like a little bit of sensation loss in the skin or cause a a slight sort of feeling of weakness a difficulty moving certain parts of the body so people sort of get very used to checking for this kind of thing when they're performing but i mean most experienced models sort of are as aware of this as the riggers are so i think both people are you know equally responsible for checking the safety of that and i think more and more as it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing the more models are becoming really experienced and the more that models are able to just make good value judgments about the people who are tying them i mean i remember when i started i mean i wouldn't have had a clue you know i could look at a, a at someone tying and i wouldn't have had a clue about whether they were safe or not whereas i think now more and more the people who are being tied uh, are just very experienced um themselves and they can they can just look at your work and they can tell whether you know whether what you're doing is safe or not so i think that that's like a really positive thing and i think that's just come about through there being so much more education really and you know a much bigger bondage community thanks for listening to my first time a mostly sexy sex podcast from broadly and thank you very much to gestalta my name is zingseng and i'm the uk editor at broadly this episode was produced by sam bonham Thanks to Sharon Kale for support. This is actually the final episode of season 3 of My First Time. Thank you to all of you who are on this journey with us. I hope you're getting as much out of it as we are. Sam, Sharon and I have just won a European Lovey Award, so we reckon we're asking some of the right questions. If you like what you hear, share the love, rate us and subscribe to the podcast, and please check out the article on Broadly featuring Castelta. See you in a few weeks for season 4. And in the meantime, if you have any ideas for things we should be talking about, please get in touch. broadly.editor@vice.com. Until the next one. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 